So today we're going to talk about pathways. And I thought that was a pretty amazing picture because no matter where you look into the background and the mountains and everything, you see a like, purposeful made pathway that just goes through again and again. And I find it amazing how when you look in pictures and online, even in some of the harshest places on the planet, you can find where people have traveled again and again and again, and it's worn in this pathway that you can traverse um, even some of the harshest terrain to get through it as fast as you possibly can. Let's turn to Proverbs 4, verse 26. Ponder the path of thy feet, and let all thy ways be established. Ponder the path of your feet, and let all thy ways be established. And as you read through Scripture, you find that it tells many things, like consider your ways, you know, ponder the path of your feet, um, check your heart, different things that it tells us to do to check where we are and what we're doing and how, you know, what kind of path we're on. That's basically what it's all coming to. What kind of path are we on? Where are our feet going? Where is our heart going? Where is our mind going? It's all the same. Consider it. Ponder. Now, it was like a few weeks ago, as I was reading Proverbs 16, that this kind of all came together. And as you read Proverbs 16, you'll find that a lot of the language that's used all has to do with paths and going and moving. Uh, it's filled with words like uh, our way, highway, leadeth, dig, moving, pass, depart, steps. And it just keeps going. And it's, and it's all about traveling and where we're going. Let's turn to Proverbs 16 and take a look at a few of those verses. Proverbs 16, verse 2. All the ways of man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord weigheth the spirits. All the ways. A way, actually, as you read in Scripture, can mean a few different things as you read through. But a way is like a road as trodden. So it's actually speaking of a path that's made because you've walked it. That's a way. Now sometimes in Scripture, as you read in the Old Testament, New Testament, it, when it says way, it means a highway. It's actually talking about a highway. Sometimes as you read way, it means a turnpike, which is a little bit different. So I just want to be, be clear that we're talking here in this beginning that it's talking about like, just a path that's been trodden off by someone's feet. All the ways of man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord weigheth the Spirit. So even those little paths that we make, even those, you know, we come up with excuses and things that we say, oh, it's the right path, it's how I must walk, it's how, and we have to be careful about that. We have to consider our ways, the path of our feet, that the ways that we find out that are God's ways be established in us. Proverbs 16.9 A man's heart deviseth his way, but the Lord directeth his steps. 
So sometimes we'll have a path that we have in mind and we need to be asking, Lord, direct my steps and direct my way. Because sometimes that ends up not being the path that we chose or we have an idea of the way that the path goes, right? But then the Lord kind of is like, ah, a little bit to the right, a little bit to the left. Or sometimes it's so bad, he's like, U-turn, kind of like a GPS, like one of those things. Uh, make a U-turn. You, you can change that on and off, by the way. Sometimes it makes you go a long way. It's just to turn around in a big circle. You don't realize it until you're like, it's taking me the exact opposite way. And other times, it just you can set it to a different setting. It's like, U-turn, U-turn, U-turn. Like, I'm trying. There's no place to turn around. <laughs> Proverbs 16, 17. The highway of the upright is to depart from evil. He that keepeth his way preserveth his soul. The highway, highway. That's a whole different type of path, isn't it? That is, you know, that is like a, We'll get to it in a second. How about that? Let's say, keep taking a look at Proverbs 16. Proverbs 16, 25. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. So there are totally wrong paths that will take us all the way into hell. You know, into, into ways that completely are destroying our livelihood. Proverbs 16, 31. The hoary head, which is just like the white hair, is a crown of glory, but not to everyone, if it be found in the way of righteousness. If it be found in the way of righteousness. If it be found in the way of righteousness. Remember, that way that we're talking about here is a trodden path. A trodden path. So what we have here is there, in our walk, there are different kinds of paths. We have, you can see the one that's there on the left, a trodden path. You can tell that that one's just from people walking again and again, right? Look at the path in the center. That's not just trodden. Someone has purposely mowed everything down, placed stones to mark where the trail is going to be, and set a place so it's easier to travel. And you can see it's maintained. And look at the last one. You can almost say that's a highway for people walking. It's the easiest form of travel. It's a concrete path. It's going to, it, it, you know, there's, the only thing that's going to have to be maintained is like rake up the leaves, get rid of the snow, uh, keep all the dirt off, and maintenance to keep it there because that is a well-placed path to give the maximum opportunity to get from one place to another. So it talks about path. Ponder the path of your feet. It's talking about a track. A track. Now, I know all about tracks. And one of the other things that it talks about there is it's a path. It's a track. But it also has the, the idea of a, of a parapet. That is, that what it's talking about here is like a path around a city wall or a tower, how it's got a path for looking out and you go in circles and circles and circles. Ponder the path of your feet. Are we just sometimes traveling in circles? You know, is it, is it free of debris? Is it keeping us where we're supposed to be? Is this path well-maintained? 
You know, is the enemy going to get in? Ponder the path of your feet in that type of respect. And then a way, or I said, is a trodden road, but it also can mean a course of life, a path that we trod down again and again with our emotions or with the way that we speak. And then we have a highway that is a thoroughfare, a viaduct, just where water is able just to you know, run and run and run and deliver it to a city. A staircase, something where you can make it to the top of a mountain without slipping. You know, these, are, these are all different levels of a path. And we're making these today, even today, we are making these paths in our life. You chose to, came to, to come to church today. You know, are we seeking to hear from the Lord? If that's, because you can just come to church and sit, right? And stand and sit and stand and sing and your mind someplace else. We've all been there. <clears throat> you know, you come to church and be thinking all about the stuff that's going on at work. But if you come to church today, you're like, I want to hear. And you were listening to the things that, that Jeremiah was saying and that Jason was saying, and now you've come to focus, you are making that a path of focusing. There are so many kids in school that they have never made a path for focusing. They never have. And there's many that don't want to. And so at the slightest inkling, their mind's off someplace else instantly because they're unwilling to start to make that path. They've made a wrong path that makes it difficult for them to succeed. Now, we're warned also against wrong paths. Let's take a look at the same thing where it says, ponder the path of thy feet also gives a warning. In Proverbs 4.14. So this is before it says, ponder the path of your feet. 4.14 says, Enter not into the path of the wicked, and go not in the way of of evil men. Avoid it. Pass not by it. Turn from it and pass away. And that is in the light of Proverbs 4.26. Ponder the path of thy feet. Let all thy ways be established. And established means stood upright, by the way. Means to be held fast, to be upright, to be set up, to be fashioned. So it's purposeful. It's purposeful. Now, paths can be neglected. Paths can be in disrepair. In Isaiah 33.8, it says, The highways lie waste. The wayfaring man ceaseth. He hath broken the covenant. He hath despised the cities. He regardeth no man. So these are highways that went to good places. Wayfaring men, they were traveling to the correct destination, and yet they cease this because the path has been eating up. <clears throat> so you can see several in states of disrepair. Now one, you could still travel. Another one, starting to get to the point that you can't see. The one that's on the right is almost entirely gone. Now, when I was young, <clears throat> Um, I spent lots of times in the woods, a lot of 
you know, making paths, paintball fields, all sorts of stuff. You know, where we traveled, the paths were well-worn, everything like that. And my brother, Tyler, and I, we started practicing and messing around with zip lines. You know, can we get this rope and can we slide down this rope and get from here to there inside the woods to get past this certain section and, and all these types of things. And oh man, we am sure we hurt ourselves, we laughed, we did everything trying to make these work. And finally, we had done all the testing and all the things, and we were happy with what we had and what worked and everything like that. So we decided, let's make a giant one. Let's make one that's the length of a football field where you can go from our house to the middle of the woods. You know, we can make all sorts of stuff on there, everything. Now, we had already tested all this out. We had, like, carved a pathway. You know, I've burnt my hands. We've fallen from 20 feet or higher. There's all sorts of stuff that we did to get to this point where, like, we've got it. We can do this. But the problem was there was no path a football field long without trees and branches and everything like that. So we spent, boy, weeks, probably months, I, did, I remember down there taking down trees. Now, one of them was 40 foot high, hardwood tree. <clears throat> and every time I cut it down, when it fell, it just stood up against another tree. And I'd take another six foot section down, and then it'd fall, and it'd sit up against another tree. And I'd take another six foot, like, wow, will I ever get to the end? I got poison ivy twice. You know, there were, there were ticks, there was... You know, all sorts of stuff, getting rid of the brush, everything. Finally, when we were done, there was this path that went through that all it was was, you know, maybe some leaves on the ground where you could walk from one to the other. You could see all the way to where you were going, right? And then we hooked up this zip line and we cranked everything real tight and we kind of tested. And so I said, I'm going to go first. You know, this is a really long one and this is a steel track and everything like that. And I hooked everything up, and I zipped down that line, and I could not believe it. It was amazing. You know, just up there with the trees and, and zipping down. And at the end, it worked out perfect. I mean, you could, you could just walk off, or you could keep riding it right up into the tree where we had, where we had everything there. And it was, it was fantastic. And it stood for years and years. I remember coming back from college and I still seeing the path and just saw that the line had snapped from know, my brother's friends and everything using it. And it just wore over time. And I was able to hook it back up and zip right down it again. But now that was, you know, college. This is many, many years now. <clears throat> I look down that path. It looks nothing like it used to. Now that path has bushes grown up, you have branches coming in, you know, you have small trees growing up through where you didn't want trees. That's something you'd smack with your feet, where you can't just, you can't just drag the line because, you know, you can't just go up there and unattach everything. So we had a line that you could just walk it back up to the top, or you could take it apart and put something else on. But you, it would be a difficult walk now. It would take time. It would take clearing. It would take pressing everything down. It would take working the land again to get it all back to where it was. So paths can be neglected. Now, new paths can be established and neglected paths be revived. 
I can still see where that path was. It is not entirely gone. It still has hope if I want it to. <clears throat> the older I get, the more I'm like, I don't know. Right? Isaiah 43, verse 16. Thus saith the Lord, which maketh a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters. Thus saith the Lord, which maketh a way in the sea and a path in the mighty waters. Our God is a God who split a sea to make a path, who has special currents in the ocean where we can't even tell. You know, if you're not a sailor or you're not checking ocean currents and stuff, you don't even see the paths. And yet someone who's familiar with the ocean, they know exactly where the currents, where the winds hit, where everything is, where the stuff is under the ocean, and they see these paths, and they keep traveling them because they're safe and quick, and they get it, and God makes those ways. Isaiah 43, 19, Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert, Wilderness has the sense of, it's by implication like a desert, but it's an area where you could drive animals. You know, it's wilderness, right? There's, there's no doubt about it. It's difficult terrain. But it's in the sense of, it is a place where if you work at it, you could drive herds. But it's going to take skill you're going to have to see the way. You're going to have to make the path. You're going to have to know where to put them. And God can make those ways. God can revitalize paths that have not been taken. <clears throat> and there's lots of inhospitable terrain out there. If you've ever walked over land that has like boulders and things like that, you know, as kids, you're just like running and leaping from rock to rock, right? until you hit that one that you didn't quite count on. Moves a little bit and zip, there you go. You're like, oh, I'm gonna feel that for a while. But it's, it's, it's rough. It's not a simple place to trod. You know, it takes so much more time. A desert, you can't go fast. If the faster you travel, the more water you burn up, the less, you know, the, the less your chances are of making it through the desert. You have like jungle or areas with huge brush. You ever travel through a field that's got a foot of snow? Right? Even a, even a field that has five inches of snow where you have to then pick up your feet higher and higher to try to make it over. We're used to picking up our feet about that high. You know, we're like, you ever trip over a little pebble that's sitting there? You're like, oh, there I go. You're like, boy, I didn't know I only pick up my feet that high. You're so used to, to traveling on an easy grade. Everything's already been prepared that a little thing can trip you up. <clears throat> but we're called to make new paths. You know, our God is a God that makes a way in the wilderness. He cuts through all the things in, that grow up, that, that take root. And it can be a path that cattle can be driven across, where men and women can travel 
in large groups through where it can be safe, where it can be well smoothed so that when there's a path in us, we can bring other people down the same path. Isaiah 49, 11, and I will make all my mountains away and my highways shall be exalted. And then he goes on to say, he goes on to quantify this. I mean, when you're making a way in a mountain, it doesn't necessarily become a highway. That's pretty amazing. But what he says a few, um, a few verses earlier is, in an acceptable time, in the day of my salvation, we've heard that a lot, in the day when the Lord's speaking, when the Holy Spirit's pricking your heart, sometimes that takes something rough too, doesn't it? To make us trot in a new path because otherwise we take the easy path. That's what we do. Um, in school, all the COVID stuff hit and most of it has not been fun, has not helped, makes everything take longer. But in the process of having to do all this stuff, also little gems have been found. Wow, this is a much better way to do this. Why are we dismissing every grade at once? So there's like hundreds of kids in the hall where then, you know, more fights break out. You need more hall duty. You know, instead, it's like seventh graders go, eighth graders go. It has cut down on problems in the hall like crazy. We've said it many times. Boy, this is something we're keeping. Well, we're not keeping everything. <laughs> we're not keeping everything. But it's amazing that once you have to, you know, when your feet have started on a path, you're like, wow, this is a good way to go. And then you have to tread it and move it. It's, you know, the kids have to do it again and again and again so that they know the first bell is not for us, you know, in the eighth grade. It's the second bell. And then they go. And you have to make sure that we're out there in the beginning too, like shooing kids. Look, when that bell rings, you're getting from one class to another. There is no more hanging out in the hallway. There, there isn't anybody in the hallway. You know, what is, there to, what is there to hang out with? And so, and they've gotten it. Now they're in this path and it's well trodden and we're moving and boy, we're keeping it. <clears throat> and it's that thing with ponder. Sometimes rough things happen, but it's to show, well, what's the gem in the rough? What is the... What is the, uh, you know, diamond in the darkness? There are things that he's showing us that we're then to place our path and to move with our feet. And then as we consider it, we need to keep walking it and keep walking it and keep walking. It can't be tried in once, not twice, not three times, even after 250 times. If you just decide, I'm not going down that path anymore, it starts to grow over. Now, his paths have help. His paths have help. God's paths have help. Ours and other paths do not. Psalm 17, verses 4 through 5. Psalm 17, verses 4 through 5. Concerning the works of men, by the word of thy lips... I have kept me from the paths of the destroyer. 
hold up my goings in thy path that thy footstep that my footsteps slip not okay? in his paths there's help as we seek him to get off wrong paths to onto his paths there's help there's a helping hand there is something we may need Psalm 119, verse 105, we've all heard it before. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. If we're neglecting the word of God, and that path is not one that's trodden, as we're walking, and sometimes, you know, we're heading, it can be in darkness. When we head our own ways, there's not a lot of help. You, know, you hear in the United States and in a lot of other places, you know, pick yourself up, grab yourself by the bootstraps. You know, and, that's, and we have to plot along. We also have to trot a path. We do have to clear you know, the snow. We do have to consider our path. That is part of it. But without help, there's no way. We will slip and fall. You know, without looking to the Lord, we won't make it. We'll take a wrong turn. There are times where we're called to walk out into the wilderness. And God says he makes the way in the wilderness, even though we try. Remember what he told Moses? He said, I have come to set my people free. Now you go. And Moses was like, what? Right? That's awfully weird. Now, see, God was making a way. Moses still had to go. He still had to clear. He still had to speak. He still had to walk. He had to tread all those paths in the wilderness. He made a way. He learned the paths to make it to Mount Sinai. Then he went back and he led a whole bunch of other people to that way. Through those ways. He knew it. <clears throat> Without God's word... Without his, and this is, let me be clear, it's not just reading our Bible. Okay, yes, that is good. That is, that is smart, but we need to also hear him speak to us. Okay, that is, that is a very important part. We need to hear his guidance. Remember, it says, by the word of thy lips, I have kept me from the path of the destroyer. Word of thy lips. That, so both are necessary. Both are necessary. We have to cry out to the Lord, Lord, speak with me, show me, you know, lighten my path. Let me hear what you're saying. And at the same time, we have to be reading his words because in his words, many times it already shows us the path. It shows us where the wrong paths are. It's just like a gigantic sign of danger. When my wife and I were in Honduras, okay, we spent several days, and I didn't see one sign, no speed limit sign, no sign that said this is you know, uh, the name of a street, no stop sign, no nothing. I didn't see anything. And as we're traveling from one side of the country to the other side, right? There's this gigantic sign the size of a bus that in English you translate this as danger. Right? That's what it said. Huge sign. 
And at first, the person driving didn't even notice. Giant sign, probably because there's no signs. And all of a sudden, I hear him go, I, I said, to him, like, look at that sign. And he goes, whoa, and slowed down to a crawl. Like, wow, what could this possibly mean? And as, and he slowed down, we were crawling, right? A whole bridge had collapsed. It was basically danger meant death. That was, that was it. Giant sign the size of a bus. You know, watch out. All other signs. I saw a pothole the size of a vehicle. And everyone was just driving around it like it was nothing. The scriptures contain those things necessary to stop us from falling off the bridge. God speaking to us is what keeps us minutely on the perfect path. You know, he gives the warnings, what's up ahead? You ever, I know it's kind of foolish, but when you're in an airport and you're on the moving walkway, so you're just walking there, right? Sometimes there's a voice that says, the moving walkway is about to end. You're like, why would anyone need that? Look it, you can see. But then you realize is someone's here like this, right? <laughs> Down they go. <clears throat> wow, I guess that is necessary. <laughs> Don't go down. <laughs> I didn't know going on and off the moving sidewalk was such a careful. But it's necessary. You know, you have both. And it's for sure-footedness. It's to keep us where we need to be. Now, we have to move down that path. So how do we do that? We have to move down the path, so how do we do it? Isaiah 28, verses 9 through 10. Isaiah 28, 9 through 10 says, Whom shall he teach knowledge, and who shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from the milk and are drawn from the breast. Now, that doesn't seem like going down a path, but it is the path to maturity is what he's asking for. Someone who's willing to leave just being the baby Christian and is trying to move on in God. You know, that is a path. As we've been talking about, a path, a highway, is also a course of life. And we are told here, we have to move. How do we learn? How are we taught of God? How are we going to... Uh, who will he teach knowledge? Who will he give the warning? The moving sidewalk is coming to an end. You know, where does those happen? It, it happens to the person who's trying to move on with him. It doesn't come to the person who just wants to stay in the lounge chair. It doesn't come to the person who's not willing to go out and start treading the path. It comes to the person who's going to move on. And God sees that in their heart, and then you get those little guidance. <clears throat> and it says that, I mean, you hear that, you, you see it in Acts, where Paul's moving, and God says, you know, no, the Spirit suffered him not to go here. You know, go here. And then the Lord says, no, this isn't the right spot. Go there. And as he's moving on with the Lord, God gives him these little blocks and these little words you know, it's that voice behind you saying, this is the way, go ye in it. <clears throat> so let's, will you go to the next slide here? How do we go down the path? 
Well, here are some examples of things worn over time. That's a penny as it's left out in the elements. And you can see how it's all nice and shiny. And by the end, you can see it starts to turn in a little bit of color and then it starts to get green. Will you go to the next slide? This is a marble floor, marble floor in a bank. Look at where the person waiting for the teller stands. Do you see it? There's a dimple and everyone else in a marble floor from people standing in that spot where they're supposed to again and again and again. Will you go to the next slide? These are the steps leading up to the Leaning Tower of Pisa. I think a couple people have traveled down this path. I think if you didn't know how to get there, you'd be able to figure it out. Will you go to the next slide? This is a diamond steel plate. Now, that's just the, it's not that it's diamond. It's the pattern that's on it. And this isn't a line for an amusement park ride. It's getting to be shiny from people's steps going down that path. Nice and smooth, well-worn, easily traveled. We go to the next one. <clears throat> Look, a little shortcut. See how the path is like going along and then back up? And some person along the way is like, man, I'm not going a quarter mile extra. And started making that path. And someone was like, look it, I see footprints. This must be, and up the path, up the path. And now it's almost a staircase. <clears throat> Very easily traveled. How does this happen? How do we go to these new paths? How do we, well, we already talked. Hearing from the Lord, knowing his words, seeking to move on with him. Number one. Number two, as soon as we hear it, we keep going down the path. It's this simple. It says in Isaiah 28, 13, But the word of the Lord was unto them, precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little, that they might go. Whoops, sorry, I got the wrong one. <laughs> this is the bad one. It's, it's just a few verses before that. Number 10, where it's, Precept upon precept, precept line upon line, here a little, there a little, that that's how we grow, right? Now, a few verses later in verse 13, it shows how you go wrong. That the Lord was unto them precept upon precept, line upon line, here a little, there a little, that they might go and fall backward and be broken and snared and taken. Little by little, they were going the wrong way. Little by little, they decided not to listen to the little proddings, to the noises, to what's being said, to doing things right, to reading, their, reading the Bible, to seeing the Ten Commandments. And what's the end result? wasn't all at once, but it ended up in a snare, in a pit, in a trap. <clears throat> so how do things get built? Little by little. If you're not used to reading your Bible, I have this, I have this thing that has... I've said, you know, first with, with Scripture of making sure that it became habit, that it has become a well-worn path, I decided I was going to read one passage every day. Now, now some days I'd read that passage and then read a second one and a third one because the Lord was speaking and I was, it was great, but it was never less than one. It didn't matter how hard I worked, didn't matter how tired I was, and my wife will probably tell you, there were nights that I was in the bathroom 
were turning on the light, so the lights weren't on anywhere else, and I had fallen asleep three times on my face, on my knees, you know, having tried to stand up and almost fall over, everything. And I would, I would wake up with my face in my Bible, and I'd wake up and be like, no! And I would read it. And I'll tell you, that year put something in me that I've got this well-worn path. No, I am not going to sleep until I read my Bible. Now it's like, it's easier reading three chapters, four chapters, staying on a plan, doing what? In the morning, I'm going to read this. At night, I'm going to read that. And it's there. I've worn it in. I'm so happy I fought that. Now, is a chapter, or a passage, really that long to read? No, it's not. It's like five minutes. So I came up with this thing. Five minutes a day, I could learn just about anything I wanted. That's how I learned to do all the stuff with balloon animals. That's how I learned to juggle. It's how I've learned to draw, how I've learned to paint, how I've done all sorts of things. I just decided five minutes a day, if I just say, that's it, five minutes. Now, five minutes can turn into a half hour. You know, when you're playing an instrument, and you say five minutes a day, guaranteed, right? Sometimes you get playing and you're loving it and you're playing and all of a sudden five minutes becomes 20 minutes, becomes a half hour. But there's days where you're just like, no, I don't want to. I know not, it's not happening. And what happens then is that becomes a habit. And you say no and you say no and you say no. Little by little, Precept upon precept, as you dig in your heels and you tread that path, it becomes a well-worn path. It becomes a turnpike. Then it becomes a highway. And then you've done there and you can lead someone in the same path. You can say, this is the way you should go. You know, now it may not be exactly what it looked like for you. But the idea, the precept, what's happening is the same. Little by little, here, way, there. Will you click the next page? Next page. This is a Holloway or a hollow way. There's lots of different names for it. Sometimes they call it a low way, something like that. This path was not made by anything but people and animals trotting over it for like a thousand years. So it started off as a path that people took and then it widened out. And it was not, this is not man-made. This, well, I mean, from walking. I'm, what I'm talking about is like digging and, and putting in supports and sandbags or anything like this. And if you look, as the trees grew, they stayed right out of the path and they grew around almost like shade the whole path and make this tunnel right to your destination. Here a little, there a little. Time. Time of doing the same thing again and again and being unwilling not to, to continue, made a Holloway. That is pretty amazing. And we also have to have our feet changed. Okay? Psalm 18, verse 33. He maketh my feet like hind's feet and setteth me upon my high places. Will you go to the next slide? Yeah, Perfect. Now, he's not saying we need to become deer. At first, I've read this, and I'm like, okay, Heinz, you know, uh, uh, deer, they go to the place, yay, sounds real great. Now, you know, sheep, goats, deer, cattle, bison, pigs, they all have the same feet. Now, 
Before I show you just what these feet can do in a short video, we're told of what a clean beast is in the Old Testament. And part of that is a separated hoof. That's what it says in Leviticus chapter 11. It says, a clean beast shall be one that has a separated hoof and chews the cud. So that gets rid of the pig. But all the rest of up there has a separated hoof. And what's that mean? Well, in 2 Corinthians 6 verse 17, it actually explains, come out from among them and be separated from them, says the Lord Jehovah. Do not touch the impure thing, unclean. And I will receive you. What is a separated hoof? What does that mean? Because right? to make you clean, right? Well, here he's talking about what makes you unclean. We need to come out from wrong stuff to be separated. So a separated hoof is speaking about getting rid of, you know, neglecting the bad paths. When the Lord says, don't do that anymore, we have to stop traveling it so that it grows up to be like that totally neglected path where you can barely see that it's even there. It would be difficult to tra travel it again. So walking the correct path, having our feet made into be like Heinz feet, involves stopping wrong paths. It can't be both. Your feet don't become Heinz feet with making a new path. There has to be bad paths that we are continually trying to block, to stop, and not go down. And as that happens, our feet become a separated foot unto God. Will you play the video, please? This is what a hind's feet can do. The rock that was used to build this dam contains essential minerals that have been dissolved in water. Minerals rich in the calcium that these animals need to stay strong. And they'll scale a dam to get them. In a situation of extreme, diciamo così, di rapidità, the possibility di leccare del sale è una tentazione fortissima. Without these salts and minerals, their bones won't grow. Their nervous systems and muscles can't function. Movement and coordination can falter. I have abbastanza paura quando sono in in situazioni molto ripide e guardo verso il basso. Non sono di certo uno stambecco. There's a strong bond between mother and kid and the kid will follow her wherever she goes.
The Ibex eventually make it to the prize. Salt from the earth, dissolved in water, continues on its journey into their bodies. Where it's used in the nerves and muscles that control dexterous pincer-like hooves. Vital ingredients carried around by a simple molecule with remarkable properties. With the music and everything, right? Oh, they're gonna fall. And then towards the end, you see them like leaping on the wall, running across, moving up. They're just on a leisurely stroll up the side of that dam to go get the salt. Hind's feet, that's the it's basically the same thing as a deer. You know, it just depends on the animal, how skilled they are with their feet. <laughs> it's, that's amazing. Now, where are we going down this path? We're, we're supposed to be climbing up the mountain of the Lord. Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord? You know, what's up there? It's Mount Zion. It's God's resting place. It's, it's God himself. And if our feet are going to be like that, able to climb the mountain, we have to be cutting off the paths that are not worth it. As he speaks, and a lot of this takes work, because sometimes it's not something that's bad. Sometimes, of course, it is really bad. Sin is sin. And there is no excuse. It could be lying, stealing, um, immorality, uh, we could be living wrong before God, but feet will never be developed. A steady foot will never be developed without cutting off the bad paths. See, that's, we're looking for how. How do we move those paths? Well, of course, it's little by little. It's hearing from the Lord, but it's also separating ourselves from wrong paths so they grow over. They don't. And as that, as that happens, we're told in Scripture that our feet are made into hinds' feet for high places. God's way in the wilderness can't be just traveled by anybody. Ways in the mountains. Now, when it becomes a highway, we'll be leading lots of people that way. Will you click the last one here? Okay. Now, what you're looking at here is Mount Everest. Okay. That used to be a cliff. Now they say it's a hill. And if you look closely into the rock, you'll see that a path has already been made. They have places where they hook in the ropes. They hook in. So now these people, who they lead huge groups of people up Mount Everest. Like 30, 50, 75 people all climbing on a predetermined path where they can clip in and they can make it. That would have been impossible years ago. Impossible. Impossible. But now, what once was a steep cliff is now they call it a slope. Where determined people can make it up. 
I still don't want to say that. Look at that's it's, it's become a highway, but not like what we think. You can make it. I can make it. We're hooked in. There's people beside you, behind you, in front of you, helping to hold you up, telling you where to step, where not to step. Everything's been trod several times, but you have to be determined. There's still preparation. There's still cost. <clears throat> but according to what God says in Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30, where he says, Come unto me, all ye who are, you know, that that labor and are heavy laden. Take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is light and my burden is easy. And it makes it seem like, oh, the path is going to be simple. But that's not what he's saying. You know, you are still yoked. You're still pulling. You still have to be attached. It's still work. But comparably, you want to be pulling the cart on your own? That's the, that's the alternative. Going your own way is basically holding all of the burden. So it's not that it's easy, but that it's the best with the most chance for success at the least cost. There's always a cost. And you know what? Following God will cost you everything. But you know what? Following sin, following Satan, following your own path will put you in debt for all eternity. Following God is the only payment we can make. It's the only payment we can make and live free from debt. Because when you walk in evil, when you walk in iniquity, it means hell forever. It is a it is you keep paying and 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 then all of a sudden you end up in the lake of fire and you keep paying and paying and paying and paying forever. While following Christ, it will cost you everything. But think of the rewards. In heaven forever. Help forever. Grace forever. Joy. Completeness. The end of the path is being close to Christ and living in his home. Being able to speak to him face to face for all eternity. So, it takes considering those things to keep us off the wrong paths. Amen? We have to consider our paths. We have to find out what he's saying today. Because today, as I heard Jeremiah speak, as I heard Jason speak, you know, the Lord's calling us today. The Lord's calling us today. Consider our ways. Consider the path of our feet. He is saying to each one of us that there is something, that there's a path that needs to be shut off, and there's a path that needs to be trodden. Or there's a neglected path that needs to be dusted off and gone again and again down. And we need to seek him this week to find out exactly. Maybe you already know what that is. I don't know. But remember, the words come as we travel, as we seek him. As we said, you know, the warning that the path is ending comes to someone who's traveling 
in a direction. Someone who's maturing. Who does the Lord teach knowledge? Who does the Lord give understanding? Those who are weaned from the milk who are going on to maturity. If you're staying in one place, you're not going to hear it. But if we seek him this week, he will speak. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your desire to speak with us. We thank you for how good you are, for those things that you have placed in our way to show us new paths that we're to travel and things that we're to keep and to continually tread down. Will you help us, Lord God? Will you help us to dig up those neglected paths? Will you help us to make them into hollowways, highways that travel through mountains, across deserts, uh, over, through rivers and oceans and seas, that we may make it to where you live, that we may be close to your heart, that we may see your face and hear those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Be with each one here, Lord. Help us to remember what was spoken today through everybody, that this week we may seek you to hear what you're saying, what we should be doing. In Jesus' name, amen.